Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Do you do you think we can? And uh, uh, I, I'm not sure we can right now because, hi, this is John Fisher, and welcome to The Catch on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, we, we have a great show planned for you, except that for some reason I just lost my guest. So um, hold on here while we... Uh, Give another call in and uh, see if we can pick him up. Our guest Hi, this is, is Bob uh, Bennett. After today. the beep, please leave me a message with your name, okay. confirm your callback number, well, that's not and let work. me know the best day and time to call you back. Thanks so much. Okay, well, we will uh, hold on for a minute. Our guest is somebody I call singer-songwriter extraordinaire, just because this guy does it so well. I mean, uh, Bob plays a guitar with finesse. He writes songs that are articulate and funny and uh, emotionally grab you. It's a wonderful thing. Um, And uh, so we're just having a few technical problems right now because... Hi, this is Bob Bennett. After the beep, please leave me a message with your name. I lost Confirm your callback. And and I'm I'm having a difficult time getting him back, so uh, we will see. But uh, uh, <laughs> Bob is calling it. Hold on, let's see if I can. How do I do this? Hold and accept. Hang on, everybody. All right, folks, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry about this. We're going to call Bob one more time. And uh, uh, this is always fun when you call somebody up on the radio. I always did like this. Hello. Hello, Hello Bob. Is this Bob Bennett? Hi there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is indeed. How are you, John? I'm so sorry, um, boy. At the moment of at the moment of truth, it just went bye bye, didn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but it happens, you know. That happens to all of us. So that's cool. We are on track now, and uh, I've just been telling people a little bit about how much I uh, respect your songwriting and and your abilities and your sense of of the art as a Christian. And actually, those are going to be some of the things we're going to talk about. 
uh, here tonight. And uh, because I, I think you have a certain sensitivity uh, to that that I, I know a, a lot of people don't. Um, so uh, welcome. Let me just say welcome, Bob, to Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> well, thank you very, very much. After a little bit of a rocky start, I'm glad to be here with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'm glad. You know, um, how do you see this? Uh you know, it, it's it's so it, it's been such a interesting road for many believers. Uh, how do they how do they handle their talent, the their whatever they do with the arts, and being a Christian, and the expectations that Christians have put on on the arts, and. Uh, you know, sometimes, oh boy, you know, we went through a period of there where you couldn't write a Christian song unless it had Jesus or God in it and uh, um, the whole gospel from beginning to end and, um, in one song. And, and you know, we've we passed through lots of periods. Um, and And now we're just Christians, hopefully, who are doing music and doing it wherever we can. Um, well, but we still, I think, struggle. What What do you think are some of the struggles that you have had as a Christian and an artist over the years? Well, I mean, part of what I where I, what I think the issue is, John, is it, is it, and and I'm sure you've heard this said before. This is not an original thought, but I certainly don't mind repeating it. Um, is that Christian music is perhaps the only genre of music that is 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 identified and characterized by content or worldview as opposed to the genre of music. Virtually every other kind of music, rock and roll, jazz, country music, of course there's overlap, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's uh, sometimes uh, uh, fusions, if you will. There's even a jazz fusion genre, you know. So it's not like there are demarcations of hard and fast rules, although there are certainly cliches and things that are typical of different genres, you're going to find a whole lot less of guys driving pickups with the dog in the back on Saturday, perhaps in classical music than you will in country. But, mm-hmm. um, but the, but the, but the point is um, Christian music is identified and distinguished by its content and by its worldview. Well, that, that cuts both ways because there are some folks, as you have alluded to, who um, want their music identifiably Christian in almost every sense that it can be possible. The terms that are used, the concepts, Mm -hmm. um, is there a lesson that's sort of told from A to Z, Um, that sort of thing. Now, I I started out where my examples were more with the former, where the songs were meant to really, and this is not a wrong thing, by the way, but I mean the songs that I were listening to in the beginning were more designed to reach out to people and also kind of bless the church at the same time. Um, it, it didn't dawn on me until later that, um, and this is, and at least this is my take on it, is that as a Christian, I have the broadest palette available to me. I have the broadest mandate available to me if I desire to have it. Um, so I, I feel like, I, 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 forgive, I think it was Lewis, you can probably correct me on this, Lewis always talked about the fact that we don't need, you know, Christian mathematicians or Christian historians. We just need Christians who are doing good work in these fields. We don't, 
Um, mm. We don't need to Christianize yeah. every last element of our lives in order for it to be meaningful, good work in order, in order for God to bless it. So, you know, my, my line about this is that I would never argue that a song about a laundromat should be sung at offertory, but I also argue that a Christian should be writing a song about everything. So it's, it may be how great thou art at the offertory, and it may be uh, uh, the laundromat blues at the coffee house down the street. Um, I, I feel right. like both things, both things can coexist inside the same person. Yeah. Can you, can you remember a time in your career did this, I only ask this because I know what happened to me, uh, when it suddenly dawned on you that, that you could write a song about anything, not only that, but, um, but you wanted uh, to write a song about what was inside you and, and you were willing to put it down, even if it was scary. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And, and I, and, and I, I can tell you anecdotally how this really came home to me. I was, I was on tour, I was on tour with a guy and one of the fellows in the crew was also a songwriter. And we were talking on the tour bus one day and he said, I took this particular song into a Christian publisher and I played it for him and they said it was too honest. And I thought, mm. this is, this is, this is a terrible thing to, uh, to do is to say to somebody, you can't be this vulnerable. You can't tell the unvarnished truth um, because our, our genre or our listeners or whatever will not, uh, you know, respond to these sorts of things. So I, I, um, you know, I think, I think it's a, it's a very sticky job, a very sticky uh, way to try to do this work in a, in a, in a faith context and, and to serve mm-hmm. the church and to want to, and to want to help people, but also just to, to do good work across the board so that, you know, so that the songs can be sung almost anywhere. Um, yeah. So I feel, I feel like that's, at least for me, um, probably the nicest compliment I get is when I'm playing in a coffee house or there's some songwriter showcase in a bar or some other place that I'm playing and someone comes up to me and says, where do you play? And I said, well, I'm mostly kind of a church guy, but I play everywhere. And they say, well, these don't sound like any church songs I've ever heard. And, and my response is, thank you very much. You know, <laughs> I hope you like the songs. I, my, my job is to, and, and obviously my fondest hope is that if anybody gets into anything that I do and they and they want to find out what the underpinning of this is, of course, I, I always care about that. I, I never I'm never indifferent to, to that possibility, but I, I sort of feel as though um I I, I make more soundtrack music, I guess, for a for a variety of scenes than just inside mm. a pointy building with my uh, with my brethren. Mm. Soundtrack, soundtracks uh, from your life. Did we say that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, sometimes the the lines are a little hidden and they're not quite as autobiographical as others. But, but yeah, I mean, the the songs can't help but reflect my worldview and and what I'm going through. And I I think that. Um, 
you know, that can cut both ways. I mean, hopefully I, I don't do too much, you know, uh, self-absorbed navel gazing that it becomes irrelevant to everybody but me mm-hmm. and and my immediate family. I mean, I, I um, hope that that's not the case. But I think that it, it's it's one of the things I think that that writing these kinds of songs does is it places the life of faith in a real life context um, so right. that it doesn't appear that though if we're not all in our places with sunshiny faces, that somehow we're still not legitimate Christians or, or we're not uh, participating in real life. If we can't, you know, um, I just, I just have this idea that it's, it's, it's not helpful to airbrush the real stuff out. Um, It's not, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need to protect the franchise of the Christian faith in my artistic endeavors. Well, do you ever, um, do you feel like you're free to write anything that, anything that comes out or, 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 I mean, or are you, is there a little check on your corner, uh, shoulder that says, yeah, uh, uh. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm actually, I, I mean, I have, if you're like me, John, you probably have notebooks and now probably folders on your mm-hmm. Mac or stuff that is are full of things that may never see the light of day, not because you're afraid or you're, <laughs> you're not smart or whatever, but you know, you write, you write something that's got a little bit too much vitriol and you think this, this makes me feel better, but me venting my spleen is not really going to help anybody else out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there, yeah. there's certainly a self edit button on that, but, but I don't, uh, I try not to edit in a way where I marketplace edit. I try not to do that. Good, good. Um, you know, I, are you familiar? I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Frederick Beekner, aren't you? This yes, as a writer. Oh yeah, you bet. And, yes. And and uh, the thing I loved about Beekner is that he was always he would write very humanly, and 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 he would get down into the core of his own life and some of his doubts and struggles. And it was true. He was focusing on himself, but, um, but the point was not himself. The point was to, 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 to go there and, and to come out with something. And, and there was always the knowledge that if, if I'm human, then I'm like a lot of other people. And there's a lot of other people who are thinking these things and feeling these things. And they will appreciate um, that I took them there in, in my own life. I, I think your songs do some of that. Um, am I right about that? Well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, tr- you know, it, as you as you as you know no doubt because you've got a great body of work of your own to look at sometimes the more specific you are about something the more general the application is in the song because even if you're specific about details that don't apply to me if i see a real story unfolding in front of me i can't help but kind of wonder what that might look like if i were in that story if it were happening to me or or just identifying with you um, a little bit. So I, I, I think that it's, it's, 
you know, I, I think that is, you know, you, I mean, you just try to, it's funny because when we talk about this, I know it almost sounds a little precious to say, you know, I just want to be genuine and I just want to be a real person. And it, it sounds, it sounds kind of self-serving and kind of, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I actually, one time I was in a, in a conference, God love him. It was like one of those emerging church, you know, conferences and, the the worship team was on the stage and they started the fog machines and the lights and stuff. And these young guys said, we just want to be, you know, we just want to be real. And I turned to my wife and I said, you know, once you announce from the stage that you just want to be real, that's kind of the ball game. You're not really real anymore. Um, so I, I always tell artists, artists that I come in contact with, don't, um, do not, do not, recite your um, mission statement from the platform. Don't tell people what you're trying to do or what you're hoping to be about. Just have that be the guiding document. We can talk amongst us chickens about it, but, but, but just do, do the thing. In other words, it, it's, to me, it's analogous to, and this is where I'm going to be really in the weeds here because I'm going to sound like a cranky old man, but it's the difference between saying, I will worship, I will worship, I will worship, 10 times in a row versus writing a song that by its very nature evokes the worship that you're hoping to come to. It's the difference. Uh, John mm. Wimber used to have a great meal about the difference between the menu and the meal. And and I see a lot of music that sounds very menu like to me, but it doesn't seem like a genuine meal is being served up. And what's frustrating about that is not only does it make me feel like an old coot who, who maybe doesn't have any relevance anymore because but it also makes me feel as though um, there's an entire mode of expression um, that is available to people that they're not getting. Um, when you and I were coming up, these songs mm. were testimonies. They were, this is what my life looks like as I'm putting one foot in front of the other and trying to follow after the Lord. This is, this is what it's like, the ups, the downs, yeah. the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and now I almost, I almost feel like if it's not ready for prime time and it's not, you know, then it's it's not going to make the cut, and I I want to see um, I want to see all of the artists that are poised to replace me because goodness knows that has to happen. I want them to have the most freedom artistically. I want them to completely go for it, mm -hmm. and even risk being a little misunderstood by the brethren from time to time um, to just do the good work. And I, I think everything else will take care of itself. In terms of your, in terms of how your art works in the world and how what it affects and what it does and stuff, I think you just pay attention to the thing itself and the rest of that stuff will, will take care of it. You don't, mm -hmm. you don't have to do a marketing survey. You write the good song and the song will find its quote unquote market. That's what I think. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And I, I, in a way, you you've already answered uh, answered my next question. Uh, but maybe you'll have a little bit more to say about this because I, I, I was thinking about wanting to find out where you think we need. I'm, I'm thinking, especially of younger writers. You know, we've got millennials, we've got Gen Z people coming up, and some of them are. You know, they don't have the history that we've had, and uh, right. Uh, what, what would you, where do you think the needs are? Where are the holes in terms of uh, that, that Christians who are artists need to fill right now? Um, 
Is that is that too difficult? Well, I, too, I'm uh, John, John, I'm embarrassed to tell you that I may not have my pulse on the finger of what's going on enough to even properly answer that question. Because as, as much as mm. I'd like to feel that I'm still Mr. Relevant with a capital R, you know, I'm a middle-aged guy who, you know, like you kids get off my lawn and, you know, I mean, I've got bad habits and my biases <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So I, but I think, I think what I would, you know, if, if I could, if I could be an encouragement to people for whom I am musically irrelevant and that's okay because I don't expect mm-hmm. them to, you know, totally like or get what I do because it's sort of the, I didn't get hip to how great my parents' music was until I was in my late 30s and early 40s. And all of a sudden, I'm listening to Ella Fitzgerald and Frank Sinatra and Cole Porter and all this stuff and going, oh, man, what was I, what was I missing? What was I dissing? What happened? But um, so there's lots of people who may never get or appreciate what I do artistically. That's fine. But if I could be an encouragement to all the folks that are coming up behind me, I would say that the same attraction that you have to story in other genres of artistic endeavor, in a web series mm-hmm. or in a, in a streaming uh, uh, program on Netflix or in a movie or, uh, you know, whatever, in the same way that you are drawn to these stories, tell those stories in your music. Be um, it, risk a communication that is not um, that is not posturing. If you can, if you can, if it's okay to, if it's still okay to do that, make sure that you do that. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you that you put the real life that you're living in the service of your work. Um, and 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 I also and I try to not write at people. And this is a very this is a very mm. this is a big challenge in, in a faith context to not write at people to not have your songs yeah. be like finger pointing exercises, even if it's for their own good. You know, people, even if it's for your own good, people just don't like to be told stuff that often. So if I have right. a, if I have a message that I think I want to get across, I try to write that message in my own direction. You know, if I need an ad, if there's an admonition, I try to give that admonition to myself. And then if people want to jump on board with that, great. And if they don't, that's fine too. I'm not, I'm under no illusion that somebody's maturity in the Christian faith is equal to how much they dig me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a, that's a fatal mistake that you can make is to think that if, yeah. if people aren't liking my music and blah, 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 then they're just, they're, well, brother, they're just yeah. not in touch with the Holy spirit. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you need yeah. to calm, calm down there. <laughs> you know, uh, Bob, I'm just, I just I'm just remembering that one recent project that you did recent maybe within the last five years maybe was uh, something you did uh, at uh, Judson University with their with their choral group was that has that been within the last five six seven years something like that it has did you we, do that? We, I think we re, I think we recorded it in the fall of 2017 I think and um Okay. What it was is I have been befriended and, and I'm happy to have been befriended by uh, Dr. Warren Anderson, who's the uh, music director at Judson mm-hmm. University. Judson is right outside Chicago in Elgin, so great pizza is everywhere in the area. And, um, and he basically asked me to, to uh, partner with it – it actually was a homecoming event that they were going to do. So it not only was the current student choir involved, but all the alumni choir – 
were all rehearsing with my recordings and arrangements that um, that uh, Warren Anderson had done, and they were all practicing. And then we all came together on a Saturday afternoon, had one huge rehearsal with the alumni and the students. Then we did one and one only concert, one take all the way through, recorded it, and then released it. So the document is is a, a hmm. CD and a download live at Judson University. I mean, there's some editing and things of, of certain things, but but it's it's a one-take operation. And it was, John, I can't tell you, on paper it makes no sense. It's like, well, let's take an old folky <laughs> guy with an acoustic guitar mm. and a little sensitive singer-songwriter stuff, and let's mm. put a full choir behind him, okay? And um, mm. it worked marvelously. It just worked. It was so much fun. Um. Okay, here's what I'm getting at. I mean, there's a there's a generation, big generation stretch right there. What do those What do they think of your music? Those kids. You know, I think probably just doing the project with them. Probably, I'm sure a lot of them went to Spotify or Apple Music and YouTube and stuff, and maybe just said, "Who Who is this knucklehead we're singing with?" You know. Um, so I, I mean, I, yeah. I think, in get, fact, we actually on the on the album we had a couple students. I, I I came up with this idea and it worked out so well. Two students actually sang solo vocals on my songs. I backed them up on guitar and they sang the songs. And I thought this is a cheap but effective way to get my music into the hands of somebody who's not you know ancient. And uh, it was yeah. really great. <laughs> so so they, I'm trying to. I, I bet they liked it. You know, I mean, I, I found that, uh, you know, a lot of millennials actually like our music. Um, there seems to be some kind of connection going there. And I've, I've wondered, I'm just wondering whether you felt any of that from the kids. Yes, it was, it was so, first of all, to have that many people pointed in your musical direction when you're used to being a solo acoustic guy for your whole life, it was like, it was amazing to have, you know, people looking at the page and singing your words and paying attention to your guitar and folding into that and backing me up. I have this, you know, this big, huge team of people that are helping me, but also just in talking with them, I just, you know, I just, I just wanted to be an encouragement. I wanted to let them, even if they just, even if they just say, Hey, here's an old dude who's been doing this, this, this his entire life. Maybe that can be my life too. You know, God love mm. them if they can make that work mm. out. I mean, it's 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 not a get rich quick scheme, but how many people get a chance mm. to say, I've pursued music for my entire life. I've gotten to do the one thing I always wanted to do mm-hmm. the entire duration mm-hmm. of my life. In fact, it's so funny, John, you were talking about, um, you know, the expectations of audiences and record companies and things like that. I was telling a friend the other day that um, – for whatever reason, with my my sort of checkered career, you know, a new record label every album, and I, I always said we don't want any momentum between albums. We want the joy of starting over every time. And so I had like a new record label every album, but no one ever came to me. No one ever came to me, a guy in a suit or whatever, and said you can't do that. You can't sing that song. You can't record that song. We're not going to put it out. I've kind of gotten mm. exactly what I wanted to do done. Who gets to do that? Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's astonishing wow. really. Hmm. Oh, that's great. 
That's great. And that's uh, especially in this field. So uh, that that shows that, uh, that that we've grown up a little bit because uh, because I've always felt that your songs were well. I, I'm sure you have your songs are were always borderline. They, they were like you know they're they're almost too too human um, for Christians and and too some some people might think they're too Christian for non-Christians, you know, um, there, there's a no man's land there that some artists have struggled with, in other words. Yeah, um, and, and I, have you, have you I, felt I, I any tr- of that tension? Yes. I've, I've tried to take that as a positive as opposed to feeling, you know, like, where do I fit in? Okay. I've kind of, you know, I've kind of tried to take that as a positive aspect, but the thing is, you know, I don't know if this ever happened to you, um, but, you know, I've had sometimes some of my brethren want me to kind of know how they feel and want to maybe set me straight a little bit, and and they're not quite happy with, or you know, maybe I did a concert mm-hmm. and I didn't quite talk in between my songs like they wanted me to, or I didn't give the altar call that they were expecting. Well, who knows? Who knows what the concern was? But and of course, I I'm like everybody else. Of course, my nose gets a little out of joint. I'm a human. I don't like that. But but what I try to say to people is there are so many other people out there doing this in whatever way you want it to be done that you can go find them and those people will serve you well. Maybe my music is just not your cup of, of, of Christian music. That's mm-hmm. okay. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. okay to not like my stuff. That's not my favorite outcome, but it's okay. And, um, you know, again, as we you know alluded to at the beginning of the conversation, when you when you categorize your music by what the worldview is, that that leaves that's the good news and the bad news. There's a lot of room for variety of expression and style mm-hmm. and approach. And so you know, like one time I went and did a gig, and I was just the warm body that was going to open. I did a gig where it was me, Sherry Keggy, and Carmen. Now I can't think of a more incongruous <laughs> bill for me to be on. You know, if I'd have if I'd have made it up, and and, and what the funny thing is about Car the funny thing is about Carmen. I knew Carmen many many years ago when he was, believe it or not, Carmen was like a solo acoustic guy. He used to do like a to- whole whole talking blues kind of thing, and he was he was fabulous when he wow. was doing that stuff. I mean, that's I, that's huh. when I knew him the best. And um, so I you know I. I don't necessarily understand what he does, although I like him a great deal, the, the dealings that I had with him. But in terms of music, I was kind of on Mars. Here goes your little folk singer yeah. guy going to sing his songs for, like, the Carmen crowd. And I'm sure that uh-huh. they, won't, or they, weren't, or they weren't overly impressed with me. I, 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 it was kind of like, when's Carmen coming on? You know, and that's okay. <laughs> I mean... It's it's okay. There's a broad spectrum of people out there. Yeah. At the same time, Bob, um, you have. Do you feel like uh, people have found you? People who like you, people who love you, um, have found you. Is that right? And and you have a following. And especially, does that help with the with the internet and a website where and social media uh, keeping in contact with the audience that really does know Bob Bennett and love his stuff. Absolutely. If I did not have the ability to uh, 
you know, put out my own little albums and keep in touch with people by email lists and Facebook and social media and stuff, I'd be, you know, I'd be in a day glow vest, you know, helping you try to park your car safely somewhere. I mean, I, I, I which there's nothing wrong with that, but you know what I mean? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing music probably. Let me put it that way. And um, yeah, isn't that interesting? So yeah. I, I, I think it's wonderful. It, it, you know, uh, Seth Godin, who I'm, I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with. He's a very interesting man. Very, very, uh, very smart guy. And he talks about the concept of sort of like finding your tribe in, in that your idea and Kevin Kelly had this in a very famous blog post called a thousand true fans. I'm not going to get to be Jackson Brown jr. That was my dream as a young man. I just wanted to live the life that he was living. Cause man, that guy, what a writer. If I ever meet Jackson mm. Brown, I'm just going to bust out crying for the first five minutes. You know what I mean? But <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't going to be the life that I got to lead. So the idea is I try to find as many people that I think will like my music and resonate with me and then I try to serve that small audience as best I can. So it's not that I'm un, I don't want to make new friends or I don't care or whatever, but I'm not I'm not worried that I'm not some big walk down the street superstar type guy. I worry about the small band of people who love these records and still like these songs and want to hear what comes next and you know click on to Facebook Live cool. when I'm doing the little concerts from my office and stuff. Those are the people that I'm. That's my Carnegie Hall. Mm. They're 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 sitting in my wow. Carnegie Hall. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, you actually even answered my last question, but may, maybe you do have an, have something else for this one, and that is, what are you? Do you feel fulfilled? Is there something else? Is there something that you really would would do it for you that you're waiting <laughs> to have happen? Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, is there a, um, is there a Carnegie Hall out there or something that? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's little I mean little things along the way. I think it would be fun to place a song in a TV show or a movie. That's kind of the new radio now. That uh, one of your mm-hmm. songs gets chosen as, okay. as the backdrop or an end titles or something like that. That might be fun. Um, you know, I I, cool. I I wonder whether I I'm you know since I wonder whether it you know there might be a book in me or a podcast in me or something like that because I'm endlessly curious. I love talking. I, I love talking mm-hmm. to people if if they can get a word in edgewise when I'm talking. That is, um, I love interacting <laughs> with people. I used to do radio a couple a lifetime ago. I did radio uh, with uh, Dan Rupel. And um, I've never gotten over how much fun it was to just get people and just start talking about them, talking to them about what they do. You know, what makes yeah, you tick? Yeah. What What's your process about? Why Why tell me Tell me about this stuff that you're so passionate about. Tell me what I need to know that I don't know. You know, and um, so I wonder mm-hmm. if that. If, if, I wonder if that if that could be a phase of what I'm doing. I'd I'd love to. Uh, I came up with this. Con- I came up with this concept uh, of, of uh, based on a, a wonderful line in a Beth Nielsen Chapman album. She referred to some of her colleagues as uh, as this church of songwriters, and I thought I'd love to do a podcast hmm. called Church for Songwriters, and it would just be basically talking about the wonderful process of of doing what we do. You know, what it, hmm. how much fun it is to 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 write these songs and talk about the process and the lyric choices and the, 
what's going kind of what's going on behind the scenes. Wow, that's fun. Maybe maybe, maybe we should uh, maybe we should talk some more about that. That would be that's very cool. Yeah. Well, I hate to say it, but uh, we've actually gone over time. Uh, to, <laughs> but we've just had I've had so much fun. This is really great. Um, have uh oh, guess what? I think we have a phone call. <laughs> so just in well, time, I'm gonna. We gotta I'm take gonna that. See if I can grab one. I'm I'm not I'm not really used to this. So let's. Yeah. Do we have a caller? Hi. Can you hear me? Hello. I can. Hello, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, Hello. I can. Yes, I can. One. Hey. Why, why don't you introduce introduce yourself and tell us who you are, where you're calling from. Uh, my name is Jack. I'm calling from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I've been loving what I've been listening to here. Thank you so much for uh, for just giving me some um, some wonderful uh, uh, thoughts on the Christian, the kind of Christian music that I love to listen to. Um, this this, this has uh, been just wonderfully soul feeding for me. So thank you for that. And um, My pleasure. I, I did kind of, yeah, I did have a question, you know, because um, I was just really struck by something um, Bob was saying about, you know, storytelling through music and, and just how much that feeds my soul. You know, I cut my teeth listening to, to Bob Bennett, Roby Duke, Billy Crockett, just, you know, storytellers that, um, that really fed my soul. My, my question is this uh, for Mr. Bennett, um, what feeds your soul? What kind of stuff are you listening to? What, what kind of things do you read that just kind of fill that well that then can spill out creatively into storytelling through song? Well, I mean, the news is really good for me anyway, because just be just being exposed to something that communicates powerfully makes me want to go right. So if I watch a great movie, even if even if there's nothing in the movie that is going to directly affect what I'm going to do next, just watching somebody else do something that good and, and experiencing it makes me want to go and do that likewise. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, but I mean, yes, I, I, I like to listen to other songwriters. I, before I ever, ever uh, was, a, was a person who tried to create music, I was a grateful listener. I just ate it up as a kid. I camped out next to the family turntable. So, you know, a lot of the people you mentioned, Crockett is still doing great work out there. Pierce Pettis. Um, probably the biggest person that I can see right now that, that absolutely is thrilling me there's a young woman named Madison Cunningham who is out there now, just signed a deal with Verve, and she has a new album coming out. And she is astonishing. And she's one of those people mm-hmm. who is way beyond her years, you know, in her creativity and her songwriting and all that. And so, you know, uh, so yes, when I, when I hear other, other art that is exciting and, and is communicative, it just makes me want to go do the best I can. Mm. Thank you. appreciate that. Well, Fantastic. you're certainly welcome, man. Thanks. Yeah. For... I'm sorry. Did I? I did I didn't get your name from from. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, My Jack, name's Jack. Matt, Jack. Jack Brown Jack. calling from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Great. Great. Very cool. Well, Jack, thank you so thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. You got in just in time. I was I was about ready to ready to close things down. So thanks for thanks for the call. We really well, thanks it. again for just uh, a great, a great, uh, just like I said, soul feeding uh, moments here listening to you guys. 
All right, well, let me just say, All right. are, are you a songwriter by any chance? Are you a singer or are you a songwriter or you just appreciate it? I'm a worship leader at Listening. a local church, um, and I, w- I wish mm-hmm. I were a songwriter, but, you know, I just uh, I, I love playing other folks' songs. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you should give it a try. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I think I'll give it a try. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you like, never like, know. Like, like Bob Brown <laughs> was just saying, I'm going to listen to him, and then maybe that'll, you know, listening to good stuff does kind of yeah. stir those creative juices, doesn't it? Well, you know, I yeah, remember Jack hearing many, many years ago, this is, uh, I remember hearing many year ago, years ago that the way that they train bank tellers to recognize counterfeit money is they don't show them all the counterfeit money, they just have them handle the real money so incessantly that when the fake thing comes across, they know it. And that's that's my that's my very highly personal approach to uh, trying to feed myself as a person and as an artist is just try mm. to try to find the real deal and handle it as much as possible. Mm. Right. That's, that was a, that, 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 I'm going to use that in a sermon sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, thanks for calling. We've got another caller. I'm going to jump off. Here. All right. Thanks. God bless you. Thanks for right, calling. Thanks, Jack. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well. This is fun. I've never done this. I think we've got somebody else here. Uh, do we have Do we have someone else on the line? Yeah, if that's me, that, uh, my name Hello? is Dana. Hello. Oh, hi, Dana. Yeah. Where Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm in California, Sacramento area. Oh, great. great. How you doing? Good. Do you have a question for Bob? Yeah, I've been a or fan comment. of uh, Christian music for a long time, and uh, I have enjoyed uh, listening to uh, to both of you. I've, I've had the privilege of seeing you both in concert. Um, I thought something that might be a little bit fun to talk about is that two of you, the, both of you, have written songs that I really love and appreciate from the um, perspective of a baker. And uh, I thought you, you mm. might enjoy just trading stories and uh, talking about how those songs came about and uh, what they mean to you. Well, I can tell you, fortunately for, fortunately for me, and I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but it, it also exonerates me, I didn't know about John's song when I wrote mine. <laughs> but um, I forget where I'd heard the phrase, the story. Uh, John may have more light on that than I do. But I became aware at a certain point that John had a song as well. So I, I think that's really cool. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, for me it was the the uh, well the, the phrase. I don't, I don't even think anybody really knows for sure who started. I've heard him people say it was Martin Luther. I, uh, all sorts of different people have been mentioned, but it's the you know I that whole idea that um, telling someone about Jesus is is really like one beggar showing another beggar where the food is. And uh, I always love that because of what it conveys, because I think uh, and what it what it's saying and what it's not saying. You know, it, it's not saying that we we've got all the answers that uh, you know are we've got it uh, all put together and, and or anything like that. It's it's no no no. We we're in the same boat. We're all in the same mess together here. But follow me because I met somebody over here who can help us. And uh, uh, that, to me, is really 
the way it works. You know, I mean, I, I was just uh, teaching this weekend um, and uh, wrote about it today. Uh, what Paul says in in Romans eleven that uh, God has 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 bound up everybody in in disobedience so that He can have mercy on everybody. And so right. yeah. God is, in other words, put us all into a position where there's no hope unless God has mercy on us. And so uh, the beggar image is simply a way of getting a hold of that, I think. Yeah. Well, I think love both songs, love the way both of you approached it. And it's just, for me, just beautiful um, word pictures and imagery that uh, – um, this is really touching and meaningful to me. Well, thank Great. you kindly. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You know, so John, much, I, it, John, it, I, don't, I know we have to go, but it, it occurs, and I will have to continue this off air sometime, but because we have so much fun talking to one another, but, but it occurs to me that so much of what I know the catch to be about is to, is to maintain a specific Christian identity. In other words, there are certain things that, that are characterize us as believers and, and we want to pay attention to those things, but also to, to tamp down and dismantle the us versus them temptation that we're often mm. drawn to in the church uh, as much as possible. Yeah. Um, it's not that, that, you know, sometimes we need to, we need to call things as there are. And there are some things that need to be said, this is right, this is not, this is true, this is not. We don't have the luxury of being able to say that your sincerity will save you from everything. But on the other hand, you know, we're all too, all too eager sometimes to, to cultivate the us versus them thing. And I, I try real hard to avoid that in my songs. And I know that uh, what, what I know of you and the catch and, and your work, that that is, um, you know, that that's on your heart as well. Oh, I'm glad you, well, I'm just glad you identified that because that's that's something that that we really believe and something I want to do. So uh, that's inten- that's intentional, in other words. So yep. I love to have you confirm that. That's that's fantastic. Oh gosh, well, well, Bob, we're we're gonna have to do this again. That was that was fun. I, I love that we got a couple calls. I normally don't do that. And uh, so this has been a great evening. Thank you well, for, very good. Well, thank- for, uh, for being on. All right, John. Thank you kindly. I appreciate it. And thank you for letting me speak to your audience. I really appreciate it. Beautiful. Okay, Bob. Well, we'll see you soon. And we'll see you at the next musicians meeting. <laughs> All right, my friend. <laughs> Take care. Good All night. Right. Take care. Good night. Well, how was that? That was wonderful. And uh, I just uh, love Bob, love having him on. Uh, thank you, Stan, and uh, I mean, uh, Dana and Jack, thanks for calling. Um, thanks for listening. Live artfully, you guys. Uh, we're not doing Christian music, we're Christians doing whatever we do. You might not be music, but whatever you do, do it well and do it unto the Lord and uh, enjoy who he made you to be. Uh, that's, that's 
that's something to take home, I think. So God bless you. Uh, join us next week, and uh, we'll do it again. <laughs>